if you haven't signed up for our Discord channel, it's our weekly goddamn reminder to do it because Chris Ying's livelihood is on the line. We are very, very far away from 50,000 members. We're not even at 10,000 members. Right. The threat of the threat of my livelihood has not motivated that many of you, yeah. but please. Yeah, this is this is uh like a, some kind of a taken movie, but there's no <laughs> Liam Neeson to rescue Chris Yang. And I'm not going to promote it. I refuse to promote it on social media. This is going to be for people that believe in us. If you want to save Chris, you you better tell people. Yeah. You have to tell people cuz he's not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm somehow the the rescuer and your kidnapper the and kidnapper. No, it, 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 there's a lot of people joining. There's you're seeing more and more people comment that haven't done before. We have a nice little discount section, $25 off for Cometeer coffee. I, I have it in this good old Yeti thermos right now. 10% off cook any day, microwave cookware, a discount code for all Momofuku CPG products that uh I'm finding out we're, we're doing quite well in stores across the country. Uh, so thank you all for the support, for uh, buying our instant noodles, our chili crunch, our soy sauce. We have a couple new products, the soy barreled aged, uh, the barrel aged soy sauce, the ghost pepper and uh, ghost pepper chili crunch and the hot honey. Uh, our show's on Hulu. Yeah, new episodes every week of Chefs vs. Wild and Best in Dough. I think the full series is up there now. You see the... The whole shebang. <laughs> Watch those shows. We're making more shows too. I'm filming a show right now. Yeah. Sometimes Chris is there. Sometimes he's not. But uh, anyway, enough of me rambling. Let's get on to the show. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs, scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Dylan Media. Thank you, Yola Tengo, as always. This is the first real podcast we have done since March of 2020. First time in a proper studio, in person, like real people. It's on camera, weirdly. I'm watching you. <laughs> we're, we're being videotaped. Uh, can we address the uh, four elephants in the room? I like beverages. Okay. <laughs> I have been under the weather. I don't. I don't know what's going on, but I've been really tired because of this concussion that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife doesn't want me to drive longer than like fifteen minutes if I'm in a car, so that's uh, something I didn't listen to today. <laughs> but uh, I would say since the accident, I have been. I, I feel like I have had uh, mononucleosis again, um, so I feel extremely tired. I've been drinking a lot of. Energy drinks, mm-hmm. diet energy drinks, and a lot of Cometeer coffee, which is, I got two two capsules in here of a, a Go Get Em Tiger Light. You're doing a double right now. Mm-hmm. But for those who can't see, Dave walked in here with a tote bag. And, a Trader Joe's tote bag. <laughs> and just like set himself up. Sasha was like, he looks like a like Rafin Nadal setting up his beverages. He has four different ones. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I know one water. is- Water. Okay, I got a big I, tall I got water. a 32-ounce Yeti. Water. I have an. I we're at the Spotify offices. By the way, they did have honest organic peach oolong tea, mm, peach which oolong. I picked up because it's also caffeinated. And uh, this this very cute. It's a little baby diet coke. Little baby diet coke. Little baby diet coke minus. Let me ask. Okay, so I actually have. So this isn't typical for you. This is your like. I'm staving off. My Usually concussion. it's th- this. Just the water. Yeah, but I'm also been like. 
I think I have like some kind of stomach virus type of thing going on that I picked up from the kids. <laughs> so I told Chris before we got, went on air, if you get sick, yeah, which I will, but blame me. Let me ask you this: overrated or underrated move generally? Because I, I, you rarely actually see this. I've seen you do this once or twice, but going to a restaurant and I have workout clothes <laughs> that he's using to mop up his mess. Going to a restaurant and ordering multiple drinks. Is that an underutilized move? Depends on what kind of drink. Let's say you go in and you've got your you get your water, but you say you go in, you order your alcoholic beverage, but you also order a non-alcoholic beverage, a thirst quencher and a in a Usually it's water, but I drink a lot of water or burgundy. <laughs> or athletic brew, because now you're seeing a lot more at restaurants. So you just hear the hordes of masses outside <laughs> trying to trample the door down. I drink um, water or burgundy. Uh-huh. Yeah, one's free, one's not. <laughs> well, are, I mean, like, do you ever go and do you order multiple beverages? Can I say something that happened? Again, I I, I did eat at Malibu, Nobu. Uh, mm. We talked about it with the family. I don't think I mentioned one thing that they did. And again, I m- mad props to them for pulling this off without anybody complaining about it. Would you like um, some sparkling water or tap water? I'm like, sure, I'll just take still water. Well, the way it was phrased was there's only tap or like still or sparkling. Right. Do we like still or sparkling? You said still. Like still. You said still. But they just put it on. They immediately like just poured it. Whatever happened, again, I think they did some kind of Jedi mind trick. I I know the move you're trying to describe. You, when you responded, your expectation was tap water. It's a lot like, oh, and then they just start (laughs) pouring right away. Out of like a glass bottle, what you're like, wait, is that a free glass bottle or is that a per bottle? And then bottle? later it's like $64 in water. <laughs> right. And they also sat you in the hot sun. Yeah. And so you're very thirsty. Well played. <laughs> king. Well played, King. I love the moves you admire most. And, the then, ones that and then charge me $20 for parking. <laughs> That's $84 right off the bat. $84 to do nothing. <sighs> That's a good. That's that's a good check average to start a check minimum. So no, I I try to. If I'm in California, I don't drink the tap water because California tap water is garbage, based on a taste level or some you've you or some tastes like uh, cleaned, filtered poo poo water. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's all technically cleaned, filtered poo poo water. But are you saying that New York tap water tastes? It does. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So you're just like flat out at home, not not the tap here. Hey, in your less uh, one last question on the beverage before we move on. In your sort of like less hard drinking days, do you ever opt for the non-alcoholic pairing if you go to like some restaurant that offers it? Will you ever do like the juices and teas or whatever? No. <laughs> Although we 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 do it at some of our restaurants, but I've I've never listen. When we open up Sayobo in Sydney, Australia, I would say uh, uh, higher than average percentage of our customers were Asian, Australian. Yes. And they just didn't drink. Yeah. Asian customers in that situation either drink like unbelievably expensive wine or nothing at all. And uh, they just didn't drink. So I think mainly because of red face, I think. Hmm. So our, our wonderful Kylie Javier Ashton had the plan. I think it was Sue Wong Ruiz as well had the plan. It was Sue. Um to create a temperance cocktail, te- temperance menu. Mm. And I didn't even know what that meant. What's temperance mean? So I had to look that up. <laughs> okay. So you learned something, temperance cocktail, and, and, and it was like juices and teas and kombuchas. And yeah. I don't even know if we sold, I mean, we sold it, but I never kept track. I never followed to find out on that data. Did you ever have red face? If I did. I wouldn't remember. I remember. It was so, so messed I was up. Drinking 24 <laughs> natty ices every day. Like Iucane powder. No, I, I never had red face. Hmm. You? I fought through it. I had like a brief period of red face, but I'm, I'm never, just more it, highly evolved. Or you have, you're, you're less sensitive. It's an allergy, I think. That's what causes us Asians to have no, it. No, it's a weakness. <laughs> it is. I, it is sad to have. I don't have it anymore. My little niece has it. She drinks and then she turns like a real red and it is embarrassing it would be terrible if they also you know people that turn red face also had it if they smoked marijuana just red eye red face oh, just like turn into the worst turn it to be also shit out of luck <laughs> let me ask you this if you are 
if you're doing like, if you're at a prefix fine dining restaurant, it's 12 courses and 12 wine pairings. Are you supposed to be drunk at the end? It's only happened at Thomas Keller restaurants. <laughs> and you've seen one of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the first time I ate it per se, so drunk. <laughs> and I vomited in the toilet. Yeah. Because it was so much food yeah. and so much alcohol. Yeah. Because I was also drinking the person I was dating at the time's wine too, because they're pouring wine. You just, you can't like not yeah. drink it. Let's like, let's set that scene a little bit. Cause like if I'll go with my wife or something, you know, I'm, I'm, do, I'm, I'm, I'm obeying the rules. Like here's the course, here's the pairing. I eat they the course. They just left I drink $200 of wine on your of wine. Oh no, no. Like they literally just left this thing about this way. They put $200 in the, your, your partner's glass. What are you going to do? Leave it in there? No, you're going to take it out. That's what I'm saying. Hey, but my, my wife's side of the table is just like accumulating glasses. And I'm like, you're not going to drink that later. Like, what are we doing here? So I'm drinking like 48 glasses of wine. <laughs> but and as, it's so much food. But as, so, okay. So like, that's my question is like, as the person on the other side, is your, like, is the expectation from the customer and are what you trying to deliver as the chef? Like you are going to be packed full and probably pretty wasted by the end of this meal. Is that like the overall like vision for a tasting menu, you think? No, it's about a celebration, I guess. I mean, I do want to visit French Laundry in per se again, I guess. Um, <laughs> I say I guess, because listen, it's not because the food's not going to be delicious. It's just, am I, can I endure? Mm -hmm. It's an Iron Man. Yeah. Can I, can I do it? Can mm -hmm. I, do I have... It's like a CrossFit championship type of shit, right? When you see somebody doing 250 chin-ups and then 250 fucking dead squats or whatever the fuck they do, and you're like, oh, that's ridiculous. That's what it feels like. You need to get ready to do this. Yeah. There's nothing else after these kinds of meal. There is nothing, nothing's going to happen after you eat this kind of meal mm -hmm. other than being passed out. Don't think about any kind of romantic activity, <laughs> nothing. Right. If you do full pairing and you're friends with the people in the kitchen, you are going to be so fucking full and so drunk. Okay. So I was actually just having this conversation where, without revealing too much about the show we're making. You know, we are sort of, we're putting, you know, there are some meals that we're putting people who are not professional level eaters into situations where they're eating sort of longer meals like this. And I was talking to our partner, Doc, about this. And I was like, that's advanced level eating. So let's say I walk in cold into French Laundry, per se, whatever, 20 courses, degustation with pairings, but I'm not used to eating that kind of food. Am I going to have a bad time? I don't know. Possibly, though, right? <laughs> like, if you're not prepped, like you're saying, if you're not ready. Again, like, I don't know. Just like I don't know, you know, physicists and <laughs> is it just chemical an engineers. I, I don't know people like this. <laughs> You don't sur you don't choose to surround yourself with less than professional eaters. I'm not going out to dinner. <laughs> no, put it this way: it's like, hey, I got the like sideline courtside seats to the Golden State Lakers game. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take the person that hates fucking sports, right? Right, like Isaac Lee. <laughs> Love yeah. you, Isaac. I'm not going to take you, Isaac, because you hate live things and live music and anything wonderful. Just in life and joy and <laughs> happiness. <laughs> So no, I'm not, you know, you're going to think about like, oh, I want to take this person that mm. would really enjoy it. I think that, I think that that's, that's key. I actually have seen that behavior in you where it's not just like what restaurant are we going to? It's like, let me match the restaurant to the, the guest list. Like they're not going to like that. It's a great meal. They're not going to like that. Let's not go there. Like that's it's like going to a concert. Somebody that hates hip hop, you're not going to take them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was trying to think of a hip hop band. I couldn't. <laughs> Like, it's not like you're going to see it. Go to uh, Cool Modi. <laughs> Migos. I was like, no, we're they don't so, listen to him anymore. So cool. Future. No. <laughs> no, not cool. No, we don't know what we're talking about. Um, no, I'm, going back, I'm not. Uh, I was talking to uh, Chef uh, Michael Ciramusti. Ciramusti. That's the Italian pronunciation at, at Providence because we were working. She reveal working on the show. <laughs> right. Chima Rusti. Chima Rusti. Anyway, we were talking about canapes and the idea of eating at a restaurant based on a degustation format, French system. And I, listen, I had, I love the French laundry. It's beautiful. I love per se. So don't get me wrong. I'm going there to 
like gorge myself to a point of no return. But because of that, I'm not like that thrilled to like do it because I've done it several times. However, he told me that they did a new rendition of their very famous oysters and pearls. I think it's one of the best dishes of all time, which mm-hmm. are two oysters poached in a, uh, like a sabayon with tapioca and caviar. And now I think the, the caviar is not caviar, but it's a whole canal of like brunoise black truffle. <laughs> no. Yeah. No way. I mean, the caviar somewhere else, or if there's no caviar, I, I don't even know. I've never even seen a photo of it because I don't look at that shit anymore, uh-huh. like photos. But now I'm like, fuck. <laughs> shit i gotta go but to your point like you can't have that unless you're ready for the full thing right well just now the other thing and this is this is so when you're going to a tasting menu restaurant people have to understand that when you're looking at a two and a half to four hour dinner dinner the meal doesn't technically start till bread is dropped okay which is an important thing to note yes i only want to eat until bread is dropped and then leave <laughs> I, I, I'm not trying to say this thing like everything is going to be exquisitely prepared, saddle lamb, best den, blah, 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 lobster, blah, blah, blah. All of this stuff is fucking um, unreal, best in class stuff. I'm not saying I don't want to eat it, but by the time it gets the bread, you know what I want to just eat is the amazing bread basket, the sickest butter, have a couple pieces and I'm done. Right. Because at the French Langer per se, you're eating like 12 courses of amuse and canapes. Canapé station is extremely difficult there at both the French Laundry and and at Per Se and many three Michelin star restaurants. Canapé Station is, I'm not going to say the worst, but it's fucking hard as shit. Yeah, 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 of course. You have to have like extraordinary dexterity. You have to move. You are doing all kinds of stuff. Right. You have the most mise en place. You're making terrines. You have the most amount of knife work. Probably have to open oysters. You got to do like plateau. You got to do everything Maybe even play desserts. It's it's a lot. Is it any easier at like a, you know, French Laundry per se, just because you actually, you do have at least like a set number that you know you have to make for the night? Is it any no, easier? No, no, no. It's just a fucking hard station. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no mitigating. Part, I just know because I'm friends with a lot of people that have worked over the years. It's just a brutally hard station. Canapes. Right. Um, You're making mini food. Yeah. And I know this because I haven't worked at some place like this. It's very difficult. A place that takes pride in their... Amused to canapé stations. Mm-hmm. They're very difficult. And what Keller has, Thomas Keller, Chef Keller, his amuse, the canapés, flights of canapés are, to me, what is amazing. Mm-hmm. The cornetta salmon, yeah. oysters and pearls, yeah. bacon and quail egg. There's a whole, there's so many iconic ones. And it's just like, whoop, one bite, one bite, one bite, one bite, one bite. And there's like 12 of them. And maybe you have a couple other things, but like also oysters and pearls is a pretty substantial dish. So by the time you get to the end of the canapes, they're now like fork and spoon type of things. And I'm full. You, I am fucking full. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit like a halftime. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, okay, like I've eaten now, there's a little break and then dinner doesn't officially start till bread is dropped. If you could, and you see the bread basket like there or like Ducasse or any of these gilded like three mission star restaurants that bread basket is like yeah whew. it's not the it's not the brown or the white at cheesecake factory it's like they're so this is how i feel when they've sometimes it's on like an agiradon or they bring like three people walking out this giant basket and they're like would you like this this is and sometimes the restaurants might have one or two or like the olive loaf whatever i'm like I want all of them. Yeah. I want all 64 of your breads. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, or some places just have a perfect, like, loaf. Yeah. And I say to myself, like, I, need, I think we need another one. And we need more butter. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, it's not just I'm using the, these two iconic restaurants as sort of the how I think about it. I want to leave. After bread is dropped. And I want to know if there's a... I'm happy to almost pay full price if I can leave feeling good about myself. But like, so that's... that. Okay, can humans... Could humans ever be trusted with this? You, the, the Argentinian steakhouse style, green and red button, where it's like, I'm, do, I'm good, I'm happy. No, listen, they know. They know. I mean, the, the, they know. I mean, part of it is, again, you're eating there because you you are trying to like pay respect to the team and 
to see the artistry and the craftsmanship. I will never do that, but part of me is like, God damn it, I just want to go. <laughs> but like, this is this is like the fundamental thing where, you know, everyone's trying to get their quote unquote money's worth on this thing, right? So like, my meal is you know four hundred dollars for the for the tasting menu. I'm going to eat every morsel of food to make up for my $400, even if the last six courses of this meal make me miserable. Even if, like, physically yeah, I feel I worse and worse and anymore. worse. I can't do that anymore. But would I, as a, would you as a person, knowing that, like, if you, let's say you reach past the bread, let's say you got to course 15 of 22, and you were like, I am insanely happy right now. This is, like, the happiest I've ever been. And if I eat seven more courses, I'll be really sad. Could you... If there were an option, just be like, hey, this is my this is my uh, uh, ecstasy point. I'm done. Thank you very much. That's it. I think some people have done that. I remember working for Clicchio, and he had set up a dinner for four, and it was like maybe Marco Canora, somebody else. Because um, Clicchio worked for Keller at, at Raquel, uh, the famous restaurant that, you know, Thomas Keller opened and his return to New York was feted. And I remember overhearing this conversation while I was doing shit work in the back, being like, oh my God, I can't even imagine going there and eating. <sighs> Just hearing it, the idea that I could eat with Thomas, I could eat with Clickio, that would be like the sickest thing. And to hear Clickio say like, ah. Just want to be there 90 minutes. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I know. You sick fuck. I know. No, right? he's like, I just... I want him to just cook 90 minutes. He was not complaining because, you know, you're deferential to a chef. You have to. But now I understand it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I genuinely love, say, going to like Le Bernardin or even to a lesser, not to a lesser degree, but to something like John George too. But you can't overdo it at John George. We're talking now New York restaurants. And now I, I know listeners are like, oh, you guys are like, <laughs> coastal elites. Yeah. Because Le Bernardin, you can have the entire thing, you know, five courses and you're out in 90 minutes and you feel great. Yeah. But, you, but people can't be trusted to like... Or or even Noma. I have well, the world record. <laughs> yeah. Me and David Cho. I know. I was sitting at another table. 57 minutes. <laughs> with like 36 courses. Right. We hadn't even gotten through our canapes and you were like, oh, well, I'll see you at Kebab Sand later. <laughs> Just like, what the hell, I man? think we... I'm, I'm, I'm embellishing the under because it might have been like 65 minutes or so. But we have the record. Yeah. But you, I mean, I mean, you talked to Dan Justy about it because he was running the pass at the time. He's like, oh my God. They were flying like four courses ahead just to keep up with us. But my point is like, I mean, people can't be, you like, you do, like, you do this all the time, right? Where you're like, I got to get my money's worth. But is your money worth the actual food or is your money worth the experience you're having? Right? Like that's, the I mean, it's different at the, when I was younger and saving and trying to go to these places, it was more to see the artistry, to see your friends that were working in the kitchen to pay respect. And in some way I'm a little desensitized, I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, I talk to my friends that are comedians and they don't go to as many comedy shows. So part of me is like wondering what, what is it? Am I, have I just become jaded? I don't think that's the case. I'm telling you right now, I want to go, mm -hmm. but I want to leave after bread is dropped and be out. And if I can pay a discounted price, all the better. <laughs> that's my thing. It's like, what if I said, you can do whatever the fuck you want, but you got to pay full freight. Leave whenever you want to. I mean, I was thinking about a story when my friend was talking about this solo diner that came in to eat at uh, Per Se. And this is probably like 2005 or four, maybe even earlier. And it was a solo diner. And I love it when solo diners do this. Shout out to Ellen for always being like the champion of solo diners in New York. Uh, a great customer to so many restaurants. But it wasn't Ellen. But it was like right in the, right around right now, right? What time, what, what time is it? It's mid-October, late October, depending on the climate. This is when you can get black and white truffles. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like sports right now where you have football, baseball, basketball, and hockey all simultaneously. Mm -hmm. In the food world, this is an exciting period because you can get truffles both. And I don't want any, oh, I fucking hate truffles. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't get it. You don't get it. Just leave it at that. Don't eat truff fucking sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's not truffle. Okay, I digress. <laughs> um... And they had the whole supplement menu, the extra pasta courses, the extra courses. So you're looking at four to five extra courses, the extra course of the 
the stuffed squab with foie terrine and center cut. Then the bread comes. They order, they, they get every piece of bread, which is honestly like 16. Right. They're completionists. They're doing everything possible they can do. And then you're looking at like 30, sometimes maybe even closer to 40 courses, right? <laughs> and then after the Minier Days drop and all of that's done and you're having your after-dinner drink and you are stuffed to the gills. There is no possible way. And it depends on the kind of restaurant, but at, a, at Per Se or French Laundry, they roll out a chocolate card. At Ducasse or something like Louis Kahn, they're, they're, it's very different, but they're always leaving you with some kind of like, holy fucking shit. Mm-hmm. And the most exquisite box of chocolates. There's like maybe 36 to 42. I'm, I'm saying a lot. I mean, maybe eight <laughs> and eight, in like a in like a jewel box. So like 64 different types of chocolates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she got all of them. <laughs> no, she did not. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I always remember this being like, you are amazing. That's insane, man. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> so I was all these years later. I remembered I wasn't even fucking there. Yeah. So on that, on like the little chocolate miniardies, one thing that I always feel bad about is like people maybe don't recognize because you're you're accustomed to you're desensitized in the way of like, oh, I go to seize candy and they make all these varieties, but like it's another thing when they're just being made in a restaurant. <laughs> like, no, you have to understand that there's a level of restaurant <laughs> where um they're making their own chocolate from chocolate beans. Yeah. So let me give you an equation, uh, an example of what this is, the level of artistry. It's a wholly different kind of um, craft. Mm-hmm. It would, it's not like just being a chef. It's, I don't know. It's like when you learn that somebody's like a world-class chef and they're a WWF wrestler, you know, right. or something crazy. You're like, what? Right. To be able to do that, especially mostly as a pastry chef. This is what I was explaining to John Legend, right? <laughs> the insanity that was happening at Providence or restaurants like this, because it's not there. There's a certain class of restaurant that does this because mm-hmm. they're fucking masochists. You're like, um, oh, yeah, they made their own piano. <laughs> oh, you, you like that trumpet they're playing? Right. Oh, they, they cast it themselves. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> I th- <laughs> You're like, I, what, what? I thought about this the other day. I was like, it'd be like, oh, you think Aaron Judge is good? Well, did you know he also whittles his own bat? Yeah. <laughs> he has to make his own bat. He makes bat. his own glove and he sews his own shoe. And he's, you know, you're like, what? Wait, but quick proposal, Dave. What if baseball players could hit with anything they want, but they had to make it themselves? <laughs> like, I would watch that. I would watch that every day. It would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit if it's an eight hour game. But like, to make chocolate. And by the way, we should do a whole, like, holy fuck. Who are, I mean, the Aztecs or the Mayans that created chocolate, like it is the most insane fucking thing. Well, when you when you taste what like a raw cacao pod tastes like, and to go from that to who, chocolate, you're like, who, who thought to do this? Who who? <laughs> How did you do that? Who tasted this and was like, you know what the potential for this is? <laughs> let's take this fruit that's okay. Yeah. But let's get rid of it. Right. Let's ferment it. Right. And then let's roast the seeds. Let's roast the seeds and then shell it. Yeah. And then get to the inner part, the the part, you know, and and then, and then that's when the shit just gets started. Right. And it's unreal chocolate making. Yeah. So for <laughs> chefs to make their own chocolate, to cast their own chocolate, it's a whole different fucking ballgame. Uh, I did have one more question to ask you about that because you you talked about like regulars, and we've talked about regulars like becoming a regular at a restaurant a lot, but I don't think I've ever asked you like on the other side, especially in the early days at Momo. Did you have a lot of regular civilian customers? And like, oh, yeah. did you, what, what is like, what is, what is it like to it's see? Like cheers. So like, what is it like for you as the chef, like at a super open line like that to have regulars come in? Like what's it's your amazing. relationship? It feels like? like, it feels like you're running a, like a, a important part of your community. And that's why I always mean that restaurants are banks. Mm. They're actually cultural banks. And there's an exchange of a lot of things that happen there, not just food. So regulars the good ones, you can have some bad regulars. The good regulars, that's that's like family too. Yeah. Yeah. And you just see them five times a week and they're just coming in like they're, and like for, for like Noodle Bar when it wasn't. It's their canteen. It's like every day. It's their lunch. It's like, okay. Right. And I see you, their whole kids grow. Like Copeman's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Sam, who's now a grown fucking man <laughs> in his like late 20s. So insane. He was like five years, you know, six years old. 
Yeah. And I've seen this kid grow up. So it's wild. And you see them every day. And I've seen all kinds of, I've seen all kinds of things happen where they're in the womb and now they're in college from the regulars. That's beautiful, man. And like, it, it's, it's a special thing you only get if you do get to have a restaurant. Like if you're blessed to have a restaurant, like for as long as you guys have had Momofuku's like. Yeah, it's great. It's amazing. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. I've been spending, I just started TikTok the, a month ago. Mm-hmm. Not even. I noticed. Like two, two and a half weeks ago. Two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> I can see you having fun on this thing. But man, everything is a steak. And I'm, I don't know what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Everyone's cooking steak. There's so many people that are posting content that come across as experts. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck are they talking about? I'm telling you right now, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And everyone's cooking steaks. There's very few people that are making steaks that know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. There are a couple people, and I think they're great, but people, there's something about steak cooking on social media that's just bothering me the wrong way. Well, because you know, you do know steak cookery. You're, you, you're not saying you don't know anything about steak cooking. You do know. And so you watch it and it bothers you. In the reverse. So I'll, I'll tell you this, like, I started golfing a year ago. And now, like, my, my Instagram feed is just filled with people who are telling me how to golf. And, like, it occurred to me, like, what you're saying is, like, oh, how the fuck do I know if this guy's telling me what to do right? How do I know that this guy knows anything about anything? And they're all telling you from an expert position, like, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. Some might know, but some are just trying to make it, like, they're just marketing on, like, a, a religion they just made up mm-hmm. based on, mm-hmm. you know, L. Ron Hubbard shit. So, and then they're, everyone based... Butter based, yeah. I I, I just I, I I can tell who's a fucking poser or not just by how they hold their fucking spoon. Right. Right. No, that's like it's a it's a telltale sign, actually. And all these I'm just gonna say it. You are not good at this if you're fucking using tongs. <laughs> stop. <laughs> just for love of God, stop. Yeah. Yeah. Don't I mean, yeah, it's it, but like it's okay if you're saying I don't know. I don't know. They're, the things are just bothering me on this whole, I make a fucking steak. My feed is all making steaks and I'm tired of it. I mean, the I want to see somebody use a fork or a spoon and use their hands and, mm-hmm. you know, don't tell me it's going to get brown because of the butter. It's like, no, that's not what's going to happen. There's water in the fucking butter. Yeah. Most of butter is water. Brownness comes from dry, dry heat. <sighs> But is I mean like you you're and like, all the temperature reading it's like now what's the new name for a um, raw like a like a black and blue it's like a blue lines? blue blue raw or whatever the fuck I'm like nobody wants to eat that nobody right. wants to eat that yeah do you think that like this is salt based fault fuck salt based <laughs> but but I also don't understand all these fuckers with using gloves. These black gloves. Oh, like, the black glove thing is driving me crazy. What is the black glove thing? Because they like saw one young chef do it one time, and now everyone's got to wear black latex gloves. I sound like an old man right now, for sure, because I am now. But I just, I want to see things properly done. <laughs> not that it's not, but it's done with the air of, I know what I'm doing. 
But is anybody is anybody sitting there just being like, I don't know how to cook a steak. Let me watch 400 amateurs make it and then I'll be better at I it. I think people are. I don't know. And if I say, if I talk shit about a filet mignon, that man, I, I didn't know it's like just a notch below abortion rights. <laughs> people like filet. What the fuck, people? All right, let me ask you this. Is cooking a steak hard? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole thing. That's like, that's the baffling thing to There's me. There's a reason like, why Hillstones and Houston's, <laughs> all of those restaurants are really steakhouses. Like, cooking a steak is pretty fucking easy. <laughs> that's the thing. You know, like, I don't know why there's so much, like, a tutorial on steak cooking. It's one of the more easy things you can do. Don't sear a steak in a fucking nonstick pan. Oof. Oof. That is brutal. This, the nonstick sear is brutal. And what is up with all these Forking a steak before it's cooked. <laughs> it's getting what, me so mad. What else are you seeing in that world? You're enjoying no, it, I just though. wanted to just complain about all the steak cookery. My feet is now just all steaks. <laughs> it's literally just all steaks. And I'm I'm sick of it. I'd say 10% know what they're doing. Uh, do you think of like... By the way, I want to talk shit about other chefs. And? But I, I don't, I'm nervous. I saw, I've seen some, I mean, I know Gordon. I want to be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, bro? <laughs> from what perspective? From from how he's tackling the... When he, I mean, not that we need to because uh, Uncle Nigel. Uncle Roger. Job, Uncle yep. Roger. But man, like that fucking guy makes Asian food. I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. are you doing? Yeah. And it's not even that. He was making a, an outdoor omelet. And he's like, this is how I do it. He's like... Maybe I need to start like talking like him, like total authority, which I probably do anyway, but like I digress. Two other things I wanted to talk about. One is on social media, I follow Britt Kreischer and they're doing this fucking caloric challenge type of thing uh, uh-huh. with uh, Joe Rogan and uh, Tom Segura. What are they doing? I don't even know. That's, not- <laughs> That's our shit. I know. But they're, they have to... It's a competition of who can burn, I think, a minimum 500 calories a day. Okay. Or I think on exercise. I don't know, because I'm not going to listen to the pod. <laughs> uh-huh. I just li- I'll watch it on social media. Sure. Feed. How do we do this? Because I think we got to... <laughs> no, no, no. Like, we got to bring back the caloric challenge. It's about an anniversary coming up. Okay, which... Okay. We got to plan this out. Just so I'm clear on this, so I can prepare myself mentally. And it's not... I think it's got to be something comprehensive, and it's maybe not just us. We need to have, I think... Get our Discord community involved. We need to all agree upon some kind of measurement and putting it into our Discord channel about who's doing what and different tiers because we have some fucking, I'm sure, sick athletes. Like, you know, we need the tier division. The pro-ams down here. Yeah. Okay. So for a brief moment in time, I thought we were talking about the inverse where who could eat the most calories. But now I know (laughs) we're talking about that. We're talking about, okay. You and and to what to what ultimate end? Who can just like Every, I, I don't I, know. That's what we got to figure out. Hmm. I think we should invite some more of our friends, some people from Discord, whoever, just to see who can do, who can sustain, who can do it the longest. Wow. And I, what's the minimum threshold? Right? Uh huh. A year. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Do it. I mean, I don't know. Like, what what were the lessons learned? I from need the last competition. Time? I know. I felt we, you, you and I talked about this offline. It was like, we both felt great after we did the, what the hell did we even do? It was just like, no, no sugar, no sugar, no nothing. But what were the lessons learned from our last outing on that? One is that like, you try to introduce a cheat day, which I think is vital, especially given like what we have to do for work. Like you cannot just do this job and not eat anything. You like it to be extreme though, too. I was going to say, should it be, should we allow fruit or whatever, what the equivalent is, but you can't deal with a gray area. No, there's no gray in my world. <laughs> you can't sustain unless it's. I think we bring extreme. it back. No sugar. I hate no sugar. I think we bring it back. It's so hard. It's, it's the worst thing in the world. But maybe we can add blueberries and dairy. Blueberries and dairy are back in. Oh, then I'm easy, easy. All my I, I love blueberry shakes. You know, like berries can be back in. Right, just in time for December, November here. <laughs> just get those delicious And I berries. think dairy, right? Even though it's got sugar. Natural sugars might be okay. It just can't be like a date where it's like all sugar. Okay. And just to push ourselves and see if we start to hallucinate again. 
All right, let's structure this. Let's come back to what we have to do here. I, I agree with We'd you. We'd love the, some ideas. The time is ripe this to, court for community. a challenge. But I, I think it's got to be a, a, a bifurcated challenge, right? Yeah. But I think that it also needs some sort of, I, I think we need an end other than like who can do it the longest. I think we have to try to discover something about ourselves through this process here. Um, no, this is plenty of discovery. I think that it might have to be, I think that I actually think it might have to be not sugar. I think it might have to be sugar plus vegan. Loser has to do ayahuasca on live, on uh, live TV. <laughs> I've always wanted to poop in front of people. <laughs> All right, that's one thing. We'll, we'll let's bring back the let's bring back some form of the uh, caloric challenge. I think we you. do it right before Turkey Day for a month. No, you can't do that. Yeah, no. Yeah, we, we have do so it. much stuff to do <laughs> leading up to that. We cannot do that. All right, after Turkey Day, fine. Between Turkey Day and the end of the year, December first is the beginning of the end. Okay. Fit, let's call it Fit for Santa. And it's from the 1st to the 25th. We all got to look good for Santa. It's not like the Murph challenge. It's something completely <laughs> other. Um, and the last thing, I, test, I, I sent you an idea mm -hmm. to do a world draft, a world history draft. I yes. think it might be fun. Yes. You texted me over the weekend something you found uh, on social media that was just like a list of the 12 most uh, influential people in world history. And we're like, Let's do a draft of the most influential, the most, what are we, what are we going to say? Most, the greatest, the 12 greatest people in history? No, I don't know. So again, we're figuring this out. We're still going to do a World Cup of Snacks. I know that we missed a World Cup. There's been a lot of shit going on. Um, by next World Cup, I promise you, um, four years from now, no, we will, we'll, we'll address that soon, sooner than later. I think you need to find, I don't know exactly the metrics, but I think it could be fun to say greatest Religious person, right? Spiritual a draft, leader. A draft. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're, are we trying to fill out a basketball team or a football team? We're trying to fill in a... It's like a fantasy squad. Basically, we're trying to do, do fantasy league of world history or current history, but mm -hmm. that would be more difficult. Mm -hmm. But I think we do world history to start. The one thing that we have not figured out with this, as we've been talking about it for one day, is like, what is the metric of success, right? Like, how do you measure their success? Well, I think maybe the world history is just to see who can actually assemble the best. <laughs> right. Well, this and is then like, we should do a current one. Uh-huh. And that could be a fun thing to keep a like who's how's your team doing? Right. Right. Like we talked about yes, yes. Current yes, events. Yes. Like so I drafted, I drafted Joe Biden and you're like, how'd your squad do? And I was like, well, he trailed off in the middle of a sentence yesterday. So yeah. I, I didn't get any points, but I drafted yeah. Alex Jones and <laughs> Not doing great, man. Fuck that guy. Holy shit, dude. Good for him. <laughs> um, but I think it could be funny to figure out a military person, an art person, mm -hmm. a sports person, a science person, a music person, a technologist, a business person, mm -hmm. and despot. Worst despot. Who's done the worst shit in the fucking world? I don't want to draft a despot, man. <laughs> I'm just going to leave my quarterback slot No, open. but it's just like, you have to. It's not about celebrating it. We're just saying, like, this was the worst motherfucker of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder... Yeah, we have to figure out how to measure this. But this is another one. I think we're going to do this, and we're going to bring in some fun people to do this with. And we'll we'll film the whole thing. But I just we, we, we got to suss out the, the metrics of, of success here for, like, the historical one. I just My team is going to be amazing. <laughs> I already know it. It's going to go undefeated in both its greatness and its fucking awfulness. Right. What's your what's the sports analog to that? What team is known for its greatness and its awfulness? Oh, the Patriots. You're going to grab the <laughs> fucking Patriots. There you go. But I like that. I like the the despot tyrant that you didn't know was a horrible fucking figure in history. Hmm. I like, we got to figure out some quotient for that. Just like, it's got to be like popularity versus actual negative, whatever. Like Thomas Jefferson is a good example. Very well. He's on a, he's on the goddamn money. <laughs> oh, now if you were going to do artist, mm -hmm. greatest artist, where would you go? Sasha, you got first pick. Just to, just to feel this out, how we're going to do this. And we're going to have like 10 people, right? It's going to be like a real fantasy draft, but let's just throw it out there as a mock, quick mock draft. You got first I pick. have a favorite. 
but best. I mean, I mean, you can I'm do whatever. Gonna, you can do whatever. You don't have to. Are you going to sports, science, music, tech, business, military? I'm, religion? I'm going Van Gogh. I'm going to go Vincent Van Gogh as the greatest of all time. <laughs> as my favorite. <laughs> He just drafted Ezekiel Elliott first first pick of the draft. <laughs> Greatest artist. This is tough. I think about like what is for me the metric is what piece of art has lasted the longest. You know, I, I mean, I think there is something amazing about that fact. I, I think it's amazing that like the Mona Lisa is like recognizable everywhere, and it's just like a painting some dude did. Uh, I don't know the Lasco, the painter of the Lasco cave paintings. The creator of the Venus of Villendorf. I like the old, weird, greatest artist of all time. Fertility. Lasco cave paintings. Yeah. Greatest artist. Yeah, caveman X. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> the first human. And I'm getting the first clowned. human was the greatest artist. You went with Van Gogh. My 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 cave person's been around. I can't, longer. I can't hear you. <laughs> his his paintings are also sculptures. So, uh, what do you got? Greatest artist. Well, clearly I can't say Leonardo da Vinci because I was wildly unimpressed. <laughs> Michelangelo, excuse me, wildly <laughs> underimpressed by his Sistine Chapel. <laughs> Cartoons. Ah, you made a comic strip on this church. <laughs> I don't know. Who's the dude that did all the nature paintings that have sold the most? And the nature paintings that have you buy sold? in the shopping malls? Oh, um, of like bears. Uh, <laughs> We can also come a person that created the worst invention that is now part of mass culture. Mm, like Ann Gettys, like the baby and the flower. <laughs> yeah. I think we're getting closer to something that is really right. who we are. Okay, so maybe we have two drafts. We have like the negative and the positive draft. Who's had the most negative effect on the world? Unexpectedly negative effect on the world. Net negative. You know, like Psy, the Korean <laughs> artist. I mean, and and with or the first draft, Lou Bega, <laughs> and David Chang with the first draft in the negative effect, he chooses. <laughs> oh, he chooses himself, David Chang, as the negative guy. Lou Bega, Mambo Number Five, <laughs> might, be, might be one of the net negative Hall of Famers. <laughs> Who's created the worst popular song of all yeah. time? Blue Daba Dee Daba Do. That's a that's a pretty net negative one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Chumba Wumba, Smash Mouth. This is good. Yeah. We need to really dial this in. We would love some categories uh, on this because I think this could be an evergreen fountain of life. <laughs> Maybe the people on Discord have an idea. Yeah. Side note, do you remember that one Iron Chef, the 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 Japanese woman on Iron Chef America, who mm. no matter what she would eat, she'd be like, I know her. Oh, what is her? What's her name? Akiko. Akiko. Yeah. But her thing was always my thing. Her thing was always like, "This is very delicious. It's a little bit oily." <laughs> I don't think we can do all negative. I think it's funnier if we find the person that's again like an artist mm. that actually is popular, but like has set culture back and humanity back. That type of stuff. Okay. Music. Who actually has created song that the world would be better off if it never happened? Oh yeah. I'll tell you a book. What? Good night, Moon. <laughs> Come on, man. Get that shit out of here. Good night, Moon. It's a classic. Get that fucking shit. Marjorie, I think is her name, the author. Yo, what is her name? Yeah, get that shit out of here because it doesn't make any fucking sense. And I don't need to read. I've read articles about how a teach, whatever, teaches nothing. Good night, nobody. <laughs> Good night, air. Good night, noises everywhere. Margaret Wise Brown. She's written a couple of nonsensical ones that my kids. Uh, it's only good again if she was on mescaline in the 50s I mean probably yeah then it's good probably or, or who's your favorite athlete to hate that everyone loves and we'll end it on this oh this is a good one that is rough because I've hated some very popular athletes I was not a Russ Westbrook fan and I remember in his triple double season somebody saying like if you're not a fucking Russell Westbrook fan, like you shouldn't watch basketball because you hate basketball. That doesn't count. Nobody likes Westbrook right now. <laughs> no, no, but this was pre. Now I feel bad because I, I feel, feel like. I mean, like it would have been super cool to say like, I hate Russell Wilson five <laughs> years ago. Or like when he like peak Super Bowl, you know what I mean? When they actually won. 
Yeah. So you got to find someone that's like really popular now, but you just fucking hate them. Let me ask you the inverse. Who is somebody that should that you should hate that you secretly like? Hmm. Here's mine. Max Verstappen. <laughs> Ooh, that's a very good one. I like that. I like that. I like that. You're supposed to hate Max Verstappen, and I just like him. I can't help it. Hmm. It's tough. It's a lot of hateable ones. Draymond Green. You love Draymond I Green. I love Draymond Green. <laughs> yeah, his stock is real low. Real low. <laughs> real, really really low. low. I think there's a lot here. We need to really polish this, this idea. All right. Let's figure out the. Let's figure out how because we we need to be able to crown a winner. Is my only thing. I need to be able to crown a winner at the end of this thing. So we got to figure out how to do that. But I like this draft. It may not even have to be a draft. It could also be drafts, but also just like debate debates. Ooh, maybe greatest just sequel of all time. That's not <laughs> Maverick. That's not Maverick. Greatest sequel of all time, and it's not Mad Max Fury Road. That's, That's a not one. a sequel. It's gonna be. I want to say sequel number two. Oh, it has to have the number two in the title. Well, then it's Hot Shots Part Two. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going Lethal Weapon. Oh, Lethal Weapon Part Two is a fucking <laughs> leaps and bounds over the original. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyway, we got a lot of shit coming up for you guys. You want to give anyone a snippet of what we have coming on? You want to tell people? Yeah, and it's and it's it's no coincidence that you know Dave and I are recording this in a studio with videos running and everything. I, I just want to start off right now and call bullshit on all the fucking food media magazines that cover fucking Thanksgiving with fucking recipes that nobody will ever fucking make. Yeah. Just cut that shit out right now. You guys are fucking liars. Yeah. And you have made recipes that have never been made by another human being ever. You know what, the, you know what I think it is? For me, it is like when body image problems arose from like every single magazine having pictures of impossibly thin women on its covers. That is what's happening this time of the year. Every year is it's fucking turkey shaming time. It's time to shame your turkeys, shame your yams, shame your potatoes, tell you what you're doing wrong, tell you why you don't have enough leaves on your table. Don't, and don't make up some stupid fucking recipe that you got mailed in from somebody that was playing a practical joke on you, like <laughs> kimchi brine turkey. Right. You motherfuckers. And just because you sprinkle pomegranate seeds on top doesn't make it a Thanksgiving recipe. Let's be real here. This is the time. We're coming for you. Yeah, don't give me your Meyer lemon fucking <laughs> gravy <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> so, so much. So much bullshit. Make chimichurri cool this Thanksgiving. <laughs> Right. I've literally never sat at a Thanksgiving table and been like, God, that meal was good. But you know what I really wanted was <laughs> chimichurri on this. Like, don't get me wrong. I like chimichurri, but stop trying to force it. Only Gary stuffing. <laughs> well, I'm going to write these down. These are good ideas. <laughs> you know, Onigiri stuffing is coming. You know, that's coming too. Like chopped up Onigiri. Ugh, disgusting. All right, sweet potato, uh, uh, yeah, sweet potato yam noodles. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, like you just make shit up because this is legitimately, yeah, how they're coming up with shit. We should have, you know, what we should make. We don't have time for this. I would make like a. You remember there used to be like that online Wu Tang name generator. Mm, we should just I like make it. an like online it. Thanksgiving like magazine recipe generator. <laughs> yeah, cranberry gratinier. It's just like you can say anything and it's I, a Thanksgiving Somebody's recipe. made that. I know. I know. Studger. Palms the fan. <laughs> with yogurt covered cranberries. Yeah, totally. And then you take some bullshit photo and then, you know, Yo. it's on the cover. Yeah. And it's and it's suddenly real. Okay. Give us five stars. Make that recipe we just talked about. <laughs> Cranberry Krypton. <laughs> 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 <laughs>